Okay, good morning to everybody. Good evening. <clears throat> so we are in the third class of this Bhagavad Gita course. Assuming that uh, all of you have uh, been keeping up with the classes, either offline or online like this. So we've been talking about what are called purusharthas. Purusharthaha. What is a human being seeking? This is what we are analyzing. So we are, we are, we not, we know that we are seeking a lot of things, so many things in this world, relationships and assets and possessions. We have so many possessions. But we are we are further analyzing it and we brought it down into Firstly, three categories, artha, security, karma, pleasures, and uh, dharma. You can say roughly dharma, difficult to translate into English, ethics, not complete, righteousness, maybe okay, but not complete. Dharma is dharma. So dharma is doing what is to be done at any given time which is different from person to person. These three we discussed. And then we said, what is moksha? So this word moksha, all of us familiar with in our culture, anybody who is born in the culture has heard about moksha. And uh, so we, we said, we came up with a definition. Instead of saying, I want to be happy all the time, instead of saying, I want to be happy all the time, we are changing the definition. We are saying, I want to be free from seeking. I want to be free from seeking. Because any seeking, whether it is artha or kama, any seeking seems to be endless seems to go in, it's a touch and go, seems to keep me whole sometimes and then makes me vulnerable another time. So I buy a car and I feel happy, it makes me secure, but then, then I realize, oh my God, maintaining this car, I need to do more pujas to maintain this car. Because uh, then six months comes and three months comes and they say you must change the oil and you must do this and I say okay I'll change the oil then the time passes on and then afterwards more and more problems and I get stuck in the middle of the road and then I become insecure. So this security and artha and kama are like that, that is the nature. And so we have changed the definition of moksha to be freedom from insecurity and freedom from being displeased. This is how we are saying it. So last time we talked about artha, security being fleeting. The word fleeting, if some of you don't understand what it is, it means it comes and goes. Fleeting is a word in English, which means it doesn't seem to last long. Just comes and then seems to last some time and then gone. Then I must do something else to become secure, to become pleased. So we said that Artha was fleeting. We were beginning to say that Kama, when you analyze it, pleasure, any form of pleasure is also fleeting. So, it is fleeting because the same object doesn't give me the pleasure it gave, it gave me when I first acquired it. The cell phone was a joy to keep, but now the cell phone is hanging. They say it's hanging. They say it is making calls automatically. So, who wants our cell phone to keep calling people automatically? So, that is the nature of this, this particular cell phone. 
and pleasure also pleasure i seek something and uh, i used to enjoy all the sweets and now the sweets don't give me as much happiness which is good if a sweet doesn't give you happiness it is fine you don't lose much that's a good thing actually and the balloons i used to love these days i don't balloons have no place in my life so the object of pleasure and object of artha keep on changing neither does the same object give me the same sense of security or pleasure so this i think is very clear and even if bhagwan comes hey i'm so pleased with all your prayers you are doing so much service to society and uh, he comes and says what do you want and then then i have to first ask him prove to me show me your identity card prove to me that you are krishna because i have my doubts right because i am i am i am a doubting thomas i keep on doubting everything so i first god has to prove to me that he is god and then afterwards some transaction happens then i am convinced oh you must be krishna and so like this life goes on and uh, and then i go to heaven and then heaven also you know they say heaven god is there and uh, life will be great you will be sitting in front of god and narayana is there with all his with all his charm and all his you know ananta shayana is there and then suddenly he gets up and he shows all this sakya chakra and all and then you are so amazed and this goes on for some time after that what will you do you will ask last the neighbor do they give you coffee here or not right because that is that is this is the buddhi is like that because how long can you see the sakya chakra how long can you see this ananta shayana you need some break and so pleasure becomes fleeting this boredom is always there so i become displeased with myself and i say i am bored i want to go out for a walk i we let's take a break let's go to these waterfalls kutral waterfalls let's go to pondicherry like this they say or let's go to grand canyon that going to this place is to do what tell me what does it do to go to a different place i can relax and i've been we've been bored here we've been working hard so let's relax that's good i think one should relax and one needs that time off but essentially when we come to vedanta what we say is i i am displeased with myself so i can expose myself to a different environment a different place a different set of people so that i can that set of people that place that scene that canyon can please me i want somebody to please me this is the idea so i have to deal with my displeased self or this displeased self and when i am displeased with myself i need to do something to change the situation this is how it is so we said last time with security and pleasure i am displeased with myself without this artha and kama there is no way i can please myself i can become pleased therefore we said the only possibility or the shastra encourages us to think about this possibility that maybe this so called security and pleasure that you are talking about that ananda the security you are seeking <clears throat> is your own nature perhaps you are already secure you are already an embodiment of security really embodiment of security embodiment of ananda 
then why I'm not happy all the time? If my nature is Ananda, I must be happy all the time. <clears throat> yeah, this is why we study Vedanta. This is the question, this is the crux. So, Vedanta says, there is no reason for you to be displeased. This is a bold statement, opening statement of Vedanta. There is really no reason for you to say you are unhappy. Very bold. It's a very bold statement because, because I have a list of things to do and uh, I have so many frustrations, big list is there. And Vedanta is making a statement which, which I don't know what to do. I can't accept. But I can't reject also. Because we have Shraddha in the Vedas. And the Vedas seems to say something. And I have also analyzed life. And I think having analyzed life the way we have done, there seems to be something I am missing out on. And I want to encourage this possibility that my nature is not understood by me. This possibility, we grant this possibility to the Vedas and we surrender to the Vedas and say, teach me, tell me more about this. This is how we get into the study of Bhagavad Gita Upanishads. The Bhagavad Gita and Upanishads are texts meant for us only. It is supposed to give me something. So it is not some esoteric text that is meant for some people, that is meant for people who know Sanskrit and other people, you know, it's not like that. Because all of us are seeking the same thing. So now, when the, when, when the Bhagavad Gita says there is no reason for you to be displeased, this is not belief. There are two things we need to Keep in mind, one is something called belief, the other is something called jnanam, knowledge. Let's talk about a couple of examples. Knowledge, 2 plus 3, I ask you what is it? You say it is 5, 2 plus 3 is 5. It's a piece of knowledge, it's a fact. It's a fact nobody can refute. You are welcome to say 2 plus 3 is something else like 4.9. But that wouldn't be correct. Because that is a statement of fact. And uh, the fact reveals itself. And there is no way I can decide what 2 plus 3 is. 2 plus 3 is 5 period. And it is, it's up to me to understand that equation. And the child goes to school and year after year studies and finally one fine day it comes home and says, Amma, teacher taught me addition. What is addition? I'll tell you what it is. And then it starts writing. And it begins to understand. This is knowledge. Keep that in one side. So everything we have learned in school and college, which we have studied, we have written exams, and everything we have accepted as the laws of this universe are all in the realm of knowledge. We call it Jnanam. It is all something that is already given. Those laws are not decided by me. And it is all given. I have understood them. And so that is, that is called knowledge. Only thing left for me is to understand what it is. Now, the other side is called belief. What is belief? Belief is that... So, let's give an example before talking about a definition and things like that. Belief. You take something as true without evidence. Without evidence. You believe somebody. You have an acquaintance and the person is now known to you. And now the person says, it's very common in India. I Please give me a thousand rupees. I need some, some expenses. Uh, 
husband became ill i need to take him to the doctor etc and so can you please loan me 1000 rupees this is very common now what what do you have to do now you have to decide i do i have 1000 rupees to give or not that you have to decide if i have that 1000 rupees then i have to decide if this person is believable will the person return the money back there's no guarantee there's nothing written anywhere you just based on trust you have to make that decision that is called belief belief is that which you accept as true the person says i will give it to you back in one month salary i will get a salary in a month i will give it to you back i believe that or i need not believe that that choice is up to me that is called belief that is called belief you go to the you're driving your car you stop at the red signal you stop at the red signal after some 35 seconds the signal becomes green and now you start to move now now here is the big belief what is the belief very important the belief is the signal lights are working all four sides the lights are working that is belief number one correct belief number two the when i see green they all see red belief number two belief why because i don't see the red remember i don't see the red therefore i can only believe the other side is red belief number three when a person sees the red they will stop that is belief number three. Belief number three. It's, it's very clear it is belief because there is there are times when people just go this way. Accidents happen. Why? If everybody follows their rules, there won't be any accidents. And so somebody, somebody, it's Friday night and he is, it's, it's 11 o'clock in the night, 11.30. He has just come out of the bar and he is driving. And so he, he doesn't see red. He said he sees a lot of light, a lot of lights, you know. So because they've had bud light, and so they see a lot of lights, and red is one of one of the lights. So look at that belief. You get up in the morning, you open the faucet, and you're 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 happy because you believe everything will run. You believe the electricity will be there you believe water will be there for the for you to wash your face all belief only only when the water flows then only your belief is turned into knowledge okay water is there so belief means accepting something as true without evidence tomorrow i have a program to attend and i'm planning that's a big belief that tomorrow i will be alive no guarantee that we'll be alive tomorrow. So belief. This is a very big belief. Our entire life goes on belief, runs on belief. Plus knowledge is always there. So belief or attitude also you can say sometimes and then knowledge on the other side. Two things are there. In one case, you accept something as true when there is no evidence. Okay, no evidence. For you, there is no evidence. Okay. For me, there is no evidence. I still accept it as true. In the other side, there is knowledge. Fact. So when Vedanta says, you are, there is no reason for you to be displeased. Is it belief or is it knowledge? Okay. Very big difference. There's a big wall between belief and knowledge. They're two different things altogether. I can always believe believe a lot of things and we do believe a lot of things and we can be proved wrong we can be proved right all this is fine we are welcome to believe things or not believe things is this statement the vedanta makes a belief or knowledge so what we say is it is the responsibility of the vedanta to prove this statement Proof will come only when there is a fact. Proof is necessary only when there is a fact to be unfolded. Correct? 
fact to be unfolded. So all of you are educated. So we can say, if somebody says Pythagoras theorem, a square plus b square is equal to c square, if they say, it is a statement, it can be proved. Can be proved. And indeed, the teacher proves that in class and then the student gets the knowledge of that. That equation of the right angle triangle. And recently, I mean, we know very well that this Baudhayana, Baudhayana wrote this theorem several hundred years before Pythagoras. And so, it should actually be called Baudhayana theorem. I wrote a little article on that. And, uh, and he's written this theorem as a shloka. In our culture, what's amazing is, all this come in the form of shlokas for us to I suppose we are all, it's a big gift for humanity. I think we need to understand this culture better. <clears throat> so anyway, knowledge, belief. So this statement of Vedanta, which we are trying to learn, is in the category of knowledge, not in the category of belief. The Vedas also says, Narayana is in Vaikuntha. Is that knowledge or belief you have to think about it narayana is in vaikuntha knowledge means it can be proved so narayana is in vaikuntha if they say i have shraddha in the vedas therefore i accept whatever it it says is true and if I, and it says there is, I have many births also. And after this Janma, I look around and say, is this Vaikuntha? First question. And the answer seems, people seem to conclude that no, this cannot be Vaikuntha. Because I don't think this Swarga, this heaven can be like this. This is all this pollution and all that. And... All these dirty roads and all that. I don't think, I don't think Swarga heaven can be like this. Because we've been giving all these, given all these ideas, right? Swarga means, you know, you must, you must be floating. You shouldn't even need shoes and all these things. I'll be floating and music all over all the time and, you know, multi, multi-channel music and all that should be there. The, 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 the Amar Chitrakata comics and all, they give you, they put clouds, you know. Indra means they show clouds. So immediately the child gets the idea somewhere up there. Upar deko. <clears throat> so this the Vedas when it makes a statement like that, we are welcome to accept it, but it is called belief. After I go to heaven, then I can say, oh, so I come to Vaikuntha. See, look, Narayana is there. Oh, the Vedas said the right thing. And uh, I can, then it becomes knowledge for me. But until then, it's a belief. Don't say, Jai what do you mean? You are a Vedic person, you are saying it is belief? My goodness, what happened to your devotion? You must say, Narana is in Vaikuntha. You must, you must say, you must assert it. It is, it is, it is, it is Shraddha in the Vedas that makes us say that. And there is nothing wrong because I can't disprove it. Look at this. I can't disprove it and I can't prove it. So that is fine. We are welcome to accept it. And I don't lose anything by accepting that statement that Narayana is in Vaikuntha and Shiva is in Kailas. Nothing. I don't lose anything. And I can enjoy this culture and I can help myself with what it offers. But understand belief very clearly, understand knowledge very clearly. These two things we can't mix up. In life, we have to be clear. Whenever, whatever you do, whatever you do, whether it's the education of your children, etc. Understand what is what. And educate your children. Hey, this is something we are going to trust that person. The vice chancellor said this, we will just trust him and believe it. This is a fact. These are the courses you will study and this is what you will become. So, all that be clear. So, we know where 
there is risk where there is no risk okay so shastram says that and so until i recognize that fact by exposing myself to the teaching i have what is called shraddha in the vedas this word shraddha now comes in. shraddha shraddha means what shraddha is a belief pending verification please make a note shraddha is also belief only i have shraddha in this person in the teacher means what i have i know she will really help me i can my life will be better when i associate myself with that teacher so shraddha belief here pending verification pending verification because statement of fact which is to be understood today i don't understand but some day it is to be understood therefore until that point i keep having shraddha i take what it says as true as long as it is not against my reason against my reason that also we can add it can't be against my reason it can't be illogical i may not understand something but it can't be illogical okay all this this is a background here so which means now the shastram is saying the problem seems to be you and so the solution also is you the problem is me the solution is me the very popular statement problem is me or problem is you solution is you it's this idea comes from this kind of vision only this vision can give you this kind of idea two kinds of problems are there one is a problem where the solution is to be sought elsewhere sought from outside i am hungry my stomach is hungry and i have to go to the market to get some vegetables get it cooked and then consume that food and the hunger is appeased problem is here solution is out there okay now there is a different set of problems where the solution is to be sought within that so called locus of the problem that means within where the problem is seen that is where the solution also is so often this is the this this can be a case quite a bit so we give the example of the jigsaw puzzle jigsaw puzzle means all this 500 pieces are there lying around and one fine day the friends come over and it's friday night and uh, and what shall we do and dinner is over ice cream is over then what now let's play because tomorrow we don't have to go to office so we have we can have a longer night and we met at a long time so let's play jigsaw puzzle so there there this the solution is sought within those pieces and there is a joy in 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 discovering that that solution that picture the beautiful scenery that is there that you need to build so example where a problem and solution lie in the same locus same locus locus is an interesting word which means in the same location that is the meaning so our vedanta comes in that category where where the the solution is to be found where the problem is discovered okay so so then what is the journey the problem is that i am not acceptable to myself and vedanta is going to show me what that no no you are completely acceptable to yourself that is a journey the journey is going from non acceptance self non acceptance to self acceptance this is the journey in vedanta so if any of you are thinking bhagavad gita krishna is going to teach us how to how to levitate you know if i close my eyes 
and think of krishna i will levitate so if you have these kinds of ideas now is a good time to correct those ideas our shastram doesn't give too much importance for magical things because our rakshasas had better better magical powers the rakshasas karan dushana they confused rama so so that magical power may amaze us but it is not the end we don't go after magical powers this much we please please make a note magic is always always enticing we always face a money and look for a magician and go to magic shows it's always beautiful and we are awed by it but never get think that the, the, the important things in life don't put in the category of magic this is my advice okay and we need to say this in india because all this this magic people are very much attracted to magic and they think unless you get something out of your hands you are not you are nobody you are not a spiritual guy you may be spiritual but you are not you are not doing any magic come on show me something people want to see something so that is not where that is not the category where vedanta comes in so that journey from self non acceptance to self acceptance is the study that we are in and that complete self acceptance is called moksha comes complete acceptance this we will see what it means etc has to be understood properly and therefore when somebody uses the word salvation for moksha how can it be correct because now i will ask you what is the definition if you say salvation i will ask you what is the definition of salvation salvation is a noun form of the verb salvage correct salvage salvage means what so once uh, once uh, in the us my car met with an accident car got totaled and injury was sustained and uh, had to be in the hospital etc for for a month etc and uh, then the insurance company said we salvage we, we can't salvage your car means the car is gone not a single part is useful anymore not even the rear view mirror or something you know some 5 rupees 10 rupees something no no nothing is can be salvaged so salvation means the human being has to be salvaged the human being is is damaged and something has to be done some processing has to be done and thereby that person can be salvaged completely it's called salvation and it's an english word of course and uh, it refers to an idea an abrahamic idea of of you know going to heaven and you know there's a particular god who saves you this idea of saving and salvation go together so please keep that in mind this salvation and saving go together and that idea is brought about by these abrahamic religions christianity islam etc here we are not talking about saving an individual saving comes only when there is a real problem one one is facing and that real problem some surgery has to be done like the doctor does surgery in the hospital and then something is set right there is nothing to set right that is the vision of the vedanta what separates me from that moksha is ignorance 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 of what i really am so please make a note therefore we don't use the word salvation at least in this course we will not use that word so we have to be careful when we use all these words 
once we know better about our dharma and other religions we can't say that we can't willy nilly use these words interchangeably because these religions are different and we don't need to assume that the other religion is like our religion no need to assume like that better start with the assumption that everything is different okay that is that is moksha not salvation and also moksha then is what oh is it freedom from artha and kama you talked about artha and kama moksha means freedom from artha look we need this body needs certain things to survive nobody can stop that that is how the creation is the stomach will get hungry it will demand food food has to be provided so the sustenance of the body needs many things whether one has moksha or not the body needs to survive because moksha is not related to the body remember the body is not sad the body is what it is the sadness belongs to me and we say mind and the, nobody says the mind is sad you are not sad we don't say that although vedanta will say that i take myself to be the mind that is why i suffer and so we don't say moksha is freedom from artha and kama the body will body will perspire when it is under the sun hot heat hot sun nobody can stop that and it's not comfortable and one seeks seeks a better place all that is okay but i am sad i am depressed i am finished this idea only a human being can have this idea and that we are addressing that is what we are addressing and shastram says there is really no no cause for grief krishna opens opening statement of krishna to arjuna in the second chapter we will see there is no cause for grief arjuna is just grieving in the battlefield completely sad and confused and krishna says arjuna i applaud what you say but really there is no reason for grieving this is what krishna says amazing so that is the that is the thesis the thesis is that now i we have to understand what vedanta is you know we hear the word vedanta etc and uh, the word vedanta i haven't described to you yet or defined to you yet that particular teaching comes at the end of the vedas means vedas has offers many things it offers means to gain the artha and kama and dharma and that's the majority of the vedas because the majority of the people seem to want that most of the time and so the vedas goes along with the with the person okay you want you want more more artha no problem go ahead be dharmic gain punya and then do these rituals do the rajasuya yagna and then you can get greater aishwaryam if not in this life next life you will be blessed with a lot of wealth so all that the veda seems to be very attractive that is why it is attractive no no i don't want wealth i want a child i want a child we have been trying and it's been 10 years and we have not got a child very sad situation what seems to be natural to most people is not available for this person and so the veda says okay for that also i have a solution and you you do this yaga this homa it's called putra kameshti homa yagam and if you do it properly then you will have children this is this is this is all part of the artha kama dharma only 
So the Vedas are filled with this and it continues to remind us be dharmic, satyam vada, dharmam chara, all that it says. And then finally at the end of the Vedas, there is something called Upanishad. Upanishad. So if you ask what is Upanishad? Upanishad is a portion of the Vedas which is a small portion compared to the rest of the Vedas where this teaching is being given. When somebody says, no, this, all the things you have given me before, oh Vedas, is making me go round and round, I think it is enough. I think there is more. You teach me what that is. That is called Upanishad. This is what is being taught in the Kata Upanishad and the setting being the dialogue between the boy, 10-year-old boy, Nachiketas, and who else but the Lord of Death, Yama. Yama attracts Nachiketa with so many things. Nachiketa says, it's all fine. You keep it. You, you keep them. I don't need it. This boy says, when, when Yama offers all this Aishwaryam and you can be the you can be the Adhipati, you can be the entire world, you can be the leader, king of the entire world. And he says, if you are not happy with this, I will send you more stuff from heaven. In case you are not happy with the things on earth. And uh, you know what? Yeah, this uh, Nachiketa says, Tavaiva Vahaha Tavan Ritya Gite. This Yama had offered all these chariots, heavenly chariots, and Ramba and Uroshi also I will I will send you. And not only that, they will bring their own musical instruments also. Because you know, heavenly people means heavenly things have to come. They can't deal with our own cell phones and all that. So, this, this Yama offered all this. And Nachiketa says, this Vahaha, all this Vahanani, you sent all your gold, you, you want, you gave me all this, all this heavenly chariots and Nitya Gite, all this dance, people who dance and all the singers and all you sent me, right? Your, you, you, you offered me. Tavaiva Tishthatu. Let them be yours, he says. My goodness, look at this boy. And let them be yours. You keep it. You need it. Because a lot of people need it. You keep it. Keep it in reserve. So you can give it to all of them. This is called Viveka. Viveka means having recognized that none of these things will really keep me whole. Really keep me whole. And Nachiketa prods Yama. Come on, come on. I asked you something. You are you are you are you are digressing. You are digressing. Rachiketa tells Yama, "Let's get back. Let's get back to what I asked you." So tell me more about Atma. Like that, he says. That is the journey we are in right now. Here, <coughs> so. But we still need to understand Artha and Kama a little better. We're just beginning the analysis. The more we understand Artha and Kama, the more moksha will become clearer for us. Always the case. <clears throat> because I am, I am a desirer, finally. I, I am a desirer of so many things. Some people want less, some people want more. But I, in the end, I, I am a wanter. If I can use the word wanter. I am a desirer. And so we need to analyze these desires properly. What exactly is a desire? We need to understand. <clears throat> So let's see. Let's give an example. I do not have desire for an object I already possess. Correct? I have a refrigerator at home. Nobody at home talks about buying another refrigerator. We buy so many things every day. 
but nobody said please get me a refrigerator the desire to buy a refrigerator has not arisen in my head correct because a good working refrigerator is there if it gets spoiled i need to i may look for a repair man etc but there is no desire for an object that i already possess very simple fact we understand that very well and uh, point number 1 my desire is always for an object i do not possess that also is very obvious and uh, and these parents complain about their children hardly 2 years since i bought the cell phone for this boy and he is asking for the next amma this 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 is an old model old model and so i want a new cell phone so desire desire for something that i don't have but mother keeps saying no you have a phone you does it work or not now it works what do you use the phone for all these fundamental discussions happen between mother and son you know and uh, and encouraging the child to think what are you using the phone for etc anyway i have a desire only for things i don't have my refrigerator is empty and and so i need to get some vegetables fruits etc i have a desire the minute i stack all the vegetables in my refrigerator my desire for these vegetables drops completely there is no more desire the desire will only slowly arise later correct that also is very obvious <clears throat> third point is i must have i must know the object i desire i must know the object i desire it also seems obvious dek marji what is this i must know the object well enough i must know whatever i am buying whatever i am seeking what i am whatever i am borrowing i must know what it is i have no use for an object that i either don't know what it is or don't really understand i the object is in front of me i don't understand what it is somebody the other day showed me something wrong like this and uh, i said uh, oh is that a earphone you know it's all closed and everything they said no then he said that's a that's a that's a bluetooth speaker bluetooth speaker then i looked around and uh, oh then i said oh okay speaker it's a speaker really small thing this small little thing he kept in the hall and it gives such great sound my goodness i was so impressed just last week and uh, my goodness this technology has come so much so advanced so just because the object is in front of me i cannot desire it because i don't know what it is but now he gives me a big lecture about this bluetooth speaker i see it working and i see it in three four places and i see my friends having it now i have a desire to buy a bluetooth speaker correct because now i know the object very well so corollary to that for number 4 an unknown object cannot create a desire in me same thing same example unknown object cannot desire create a desire in me so swami ji example swami ji uses the word go ahead tell me if you like gagabugai or not tell me if you like gagabugai so then you will have to ask me you have to ask me wait a minute what what did you say gagabugai gagabugai didn't hear it properly once again i will repeat it do you have a desire for gagabugai i make sure that you all heard it properly because there is also a doubt no maybe you maybe maybe it's something i didn't hear properly no i want to make sure you heard it properly do you please tell me how does gagabugai look please tell me how did you like gagabugai 
Now you have to throw your hands up. No, I don't follow this. No, I can't. I can't answer that question because I don't know what Godabugai is. You cannot have a desire. You can't even talk about something you have no idea about. You must know something. This is number four. And then there is a fifth one also. Fifth one is what? I know a lot of things in this world. A lot of things are there. But I don't desire all those things. Every known object, every known thing cannot become an object of my desire. Cannot become an object of my desire. So there is there is the shampoo advertisement, the TV, shampoo. So they show all these wonderful things on TV. And there is a person sitting on the in front of the TV. Person is absolutely disinterested in that advertisement. He switches. Why is that? Because the person is bald. You cannot convince a bald person to buy a shampoo called heads and shoulders you can't you can try your best or here no no patanjali has come up with some great shampoos and i think we should support patanjali you stop buying all this uh, whatever other brands there are here all this hindustan liver and all these things you buy patanjali's kesh kanti shampoo okay and he is going to say what? He will look at you. He will tell you what? Don't you see my head? Don't you see my head? Why do I need a shampoo? Yeah. So like this, there are so many things in this world for which we don't have a desire for. Just because there is something doesn't mean we have a desire for. That is why window shopping is a bit dangerous thing. That is why these stores have glass glass windows. I mean glass whatever walls. You know why they have glass walls? So that, see, you don't, you are just casually taking a stroll there. You don't want to buy anything, really speaking. But you look around. And then 10 minutes over, you are still standing there. You are still standing there 10 minutes. After some time, you enter the store. What happened? And I found some things that I never saw before. Some little, maybe a, 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 a table lamp, an ornate table lamp. And uh, costing a lot of money, my God. And now I walk out of the store spending 10,000 rupees. All because of this, a desire has arisen for what used to be an unknown object and now it becomes a known object. And uh, so this is this is a great marketing technique because they know they know if if you spend enough time on an object the desire will come and we need you to desire things you know the economy they say runs on this so 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 I don't have a desire for an object I possess I don't. Um, I have a desire only for an object I do not possess. I must know the object I want or I will desire. An unknown object cannot make me desire and all known objects need not create a desire in me. So these things we, we need to know. Why we say this? Because It gives us a clue, a clue that an object that I desire, if it is supposed to give me happiness, then why does this other person, why does that same object does not give ananda to the other person? That person rejects the same object. Reject. People give up the money they have earned. After so many years they have earned so much money, then they start giving it up. Why? Why is it possible? How can you even think of that? So this, it gives us clues to the fact that perhaps these objects, they are welcome. They can make my life more comfortable. 
but i should not give a status to these objects a status more than what it really has yeah, can you all hear me okay good and then there is and then there are things things we we do to make ourselves happy we want our children to do certain things all that is fine somebody who doesn't know needs to be guided and uh, but then we also say things like for the sake of god do this for the sake of this do that for the sake of that do this like that we say so here we need to understand something i'm going to take a few more minutes even when it comes to dharma seva helping others helping others makes me happy that is good that's a noble thing to do better to be happy helping others than to try and be happy through other means that's always good and it is only the human being it is there where i can be happy only when the other person is happy this empathy is only there for the human being okay animals may have that in some measure maybe but it's very much there in full measure in the human being that is why in a tennis match the 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 the, 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 the top seeds are fighting like crazy on the on the court in wimbledon and the fight is going on two setter three setter four setter like that is it's going and finally the winner is so happy that he won he throws the racket out because now it's all that's all history don't need a racket anymore but then he walks towards his opponent and he hugs the opponent hugs the opponent and with a lot of love there is no hatred there at that time there is no anger there is no prayer there there is only love you know why there is love it is because this winner has been in the shoes of the other person before knows what it is to lose a game that to a top game like this you know finals match and the person can appreciate what the what the loser feels how the loser feels that empathy is there therefore person hugs the person because that sorrow is also not not comfortable not easy to see a person suffering even in a game like this competitive game like this it's not like this person is a homeless person and he needs help so this 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 particular phenomenon is there in human beings and so we all have to inquire into this idea of this i become happy when i possess something i become happy when i get something a person a makes me happy all this ideas we need to inquire into which in for which there is a beautiful upanishad talks about it i will mention it now in brihadaranyaka upanishad there is a, a story between yagnyavalkya and his two wives it's already 737 here so maybe i should continue it in the next class with this nice story in brihadaranyaka upanishad which will reveal to us the nature of our desires and what really causes 
this so-called ananda that we experience.